You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Quarantine and Chill, the podcast within Disability After Dark, where I sit down with disabled thought leaders and talk to them about their experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic. Because we don't talk to them enough, and so... This whole series is talking to disabled thought leaders about their experiences through COVID-19. So, let's get comfy, cozy, crippled, and quarantined, and get this quarantine and chill started. I know we haven't done one of these in a while, but I wanted to figure out where to put the quarantine and chill because I moved my, the main show that I put out, I moved it, I moved the day around. So I'm looking for a different day to put Quarantine and Chill so that you may see episodes of Quarantine and Chill just pop up randomly in your feed. And that's because I'm like, where am I going to put this on a regular schedule? I don't know. But I love these episodes. These are great. So here we go. And, you know, the numbers in Ontario right now where I'm recording, the numbers are on this date of recording on October 7th. The numbers are like 583 cases today which feels super high. Uh, I guess it's lower because the other day in Ontario it was 700. So I guess that's better, but it still feels super high. And it feels like, it just feels really scary here right now because I feel like we're on the verge of another lockdown. And as another as a disabled person who has been kind of pretty much self-isolating since March, I've gone to see my parents a few times, I've gone out a few times, but very rarely. I don't know if I'm ready for another lockdown. I was really hoping that by now we could have some semblance of normalcy and some, like, outside time. And now it just feels like we're going to be trapped inside all winter again. It literally feels like 2020 never happened because I've been inside basically since March. And... I feel for any other disabled people listening who haven't had access to their friends, their sexuality, their ability to be out, I feel for you, I'm here for you, and I want to talk to you about that. So feel free to be in touch if you need an ear. On today's Quarantine and Chill, we're going to sit down with my friend Marissa, who reached out to me and told me about her experiences with COVID and fibromyalgia and a couple other disabilities and what happened and what has been happening to her when her 
family members didn't take COVID seriously and how that's affected her. So we talk a lot about that, and that's kind of where the podcast goes today. We talk about her experiences dealing with somebody with a dis- as somebody with a disability, various disabilities, and having family that doesn't really take the COVID pandemic very seriously and how she feels about all that and what she's done to make herself feel better about all that. It was really fun to chat with her. It was really interesting to hear that someone's family member who knows that they are they are disabled would be so blatantly careless. You'll hear her talk about that and how hard it's been for her to have family members that don't seem to take it seriously. And I thought that was an important perspective to share. So you'll hear that with Marissa today on a brand new Quarantine and Chill. Marissa, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so, it's so awesome to have you on a Quarantine and Chill today. And thank you so much for reaching out to me to want to be on one. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here because you reached out and said, and thank you so much for telling me, you know, that these shows that I make from my bedroom and that I make from home are like giving you something to look forward to. That means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely bring me a sense of community um, when I'm alone in my bedroom. That's awesome. Cause you know, when I do this stuff, I didn't ever think that it's going to reach people and touch them that way. So to know that it does that, it's, I'm always like, wow, someone listened to me? What? Okay, cool. Like, so it's, that's, that was nice to get in your email. But you also wanted to come on today because you wanted to talk about, about your experience being a, being a person with fibromyalgia and how that affected your, your quarantine experience and your COVID joy experience that we're all going through right now. So my first question was, what are your disabilities and how do they impact your life? Uh, yeah, so my main disabilities are fibromyalgia and gastroparesis. And I was recently diagnosed with migraines, which I think comes from my fibromyalgia. Um, and I also have anxiety and depression. Fun. That yeah. And sounds like a grab bag of good times for you. No, but yeah. no, but but I also have anxiety and depression, so I understand that those parts of it. But but tell me just generally before we get into the COVID part, tell me how all of those things impact your day to day. Um, especially so, especially lately, um, the fibromyalgia. Um, comes with a lot of chronic pain. Um, and lately I've been dealing with that in my neck and my shoulders. I've just been a whole ball of stress. Like my, my neck muscles and my trap muscles have just been stuck in spasm, like since late January, February. Um, yeah, it's been real fun. Um, and I also have sciatica issues. Um, and neuropathy, um, and some face, face pain, um, and brain fog, um, and the brain fog can be really bad and, 
uh, forget my words a lot and stumble on my words. And uh, I have a lot of memory issues as well. And so all those things together, like how, if you were to recount your, your like day, do all those things interplay with it all the time? Like you're always constantly yeah. having brain fog. You're always constantly having the pain. Like, yeah. And I know in your email to me, you also said you do photography. How does, how does all that affect your, your like photography work? Um, so actually my photography, I, it's affected my photography a lot. I really have not picked up my camera in a while. Um, uh, I mean, like my camera's heavy, uh, you know, it's a professional camera. My lenses are heavy. Um, I also do some, like a lot of my work is landscape work. Yeah. Um, so just getting out to where I want to photograph is hard with fatigue. Um, and it's not fast shooting. It's a lot of long exposures. So just being um, up and out, up and out, it takes a lot of time. Um, I also do a lot of embroidery work too, that I've been doing a lot more. Um, and since developing the neck pain, uh, I bought an embroidery stand. That was my birthday present to myself because it was expensive. And that helped because it kept my posture up more. Yeah. Um, and the embroidery is easier because it's lighter, it's smaller. Um, but I, I also bring my, I, a lot of my subject matter is my disability. I mean, I think that's really cool because I don't think we see enough of the imagery of what disability looks like. And what I agree. It, and so I think the fact that you're doing that and you're willing to go deep into that kind of, to expose yourself in a way and be like, here's what it is to live with fibro and gastroparesis and like chronic pain and here's what it is. That's, that's, I think that's important. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 and I would love to see some of the photos that you've taken. I'll have a look afterward on talking to, to like put some on, on the disability after dark social media to just be like, Hey, here's some cool doing cool stuff. Cause I think that's really valuable. Um, so as we all know, a few, a few, about six months ago, the world plunged into the hellscape that is COVID. Um, <laughs> and so I, I have been spending a lot of time with people on this particular part of the podcast, the Corning Gels talking about what their experiences was like. And so many of us with disabilities have been told by our non-disabled friends that, oh no, this is the new normal and this is so new for me and I don't know how to deal with all this. And like many of us with disabilities and chronic illnesses are like, I know how to deal with this. I've been dealing with it forever. So I wanted to ask you, Marissa, do you feel like there's a level of comfort around the fact that you maybe know how to self-isolate and how to social distance better than the average bear? Do you know, does it feel com a comfort to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's definitely easier for me than a lot of my friends, a lot of my family. Uh, last summer I developed 
these myoclonic jerks on the right half of my body and I couldn't figure out what was causing them. couldn't really figure out what uh, to stop them. And so I couldn't work. I couldn't drive. So it's just kind of spending all of my time in my room alone. So, yeah. So I totally... So so you're like, I know how to do this. It's no big deal. Can, Can you just... Can you just explain to me what is a what is a myoclonic jerk? Um, I can kind of like show you it like it. I kind of just like. So it's sort like, of like a spasm almost. It's kind of like a spasm, yeah. Like I was kind of just like uncontrollably moving my arms and my legs, or just like just in quick in a quick like burst of like oh there's something and then we're done. Yeah, just but it was just. Uh, my in my right arm and my right leg so really i could not drive because that was like my driving leg and yeah and it's just not safe to Um, have a spasm on the freeway it was really more like a fear of i actually could not drive right um and i couldn't work because i was doing uh custom framing work and you know, what if I accidentally rip someone's artwork? Oh, no. That's a liability <laughs> thing. Yeah, and like a, it was like a safety thing because I work with power tools. So really, I just couldn't do anything. So so you like really, before COVID and before all this like buzz, these buzz terms came about, you sort of knew what social distancing was and like what isolation was in a whole, like a, in a whole different way. I'm sure you knew kind of already with fibro, but to have it so quickly develop into a new symptom was probably yeah fucking, was probably annoying for you. And it was so sudden too. It kind of just came on overnight so suddenly. That's that that's one of the fun things about disability, isn't it? Like one day yeah. you're like, oh, this is a new symptom that I didn't know I had before. Great, awesome. Yeah, it it kind of like came on with um like a, a cramp and just didn't go away. Oh, fun, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, do you, so you feel, you, do you feel like super comfortable with, um, with the new, with like social isolation now, or is it still something you're going to use to? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say I'm super comfortable with it because I, I think I still get lonely, um, but it's easier for me. Yeah. And can you, and I'd love to kind of chat with you about like what is that because we we you know we as disabled people feel loneliness a lot but we don't often articulate what that feels like mm-hmm. and we don't often like discuss that if you would, would feel comfy can you kind of share like what how do you how does the loneliness feel and then how do you work it through um that's yeah I mean so I have a roommate and we're really good friends but it still would feel nice to like cuddle with someone. Oh yeah, I know all about. Uh, I know all about touch hunger. It's been yeah. what almost eight months since I've had any kind of any kind of intimate touch with somebody, and I'm a little bit like, okay, somebody has to touch me now, please, someone, please. Yeah, I would really, really like to cuddle with someone that's not my cat. <laughs> what kind of cat do you have? She's a long-haired tuxedo cat. 
Oh, I would want to be her best friend, though. Her I name mean... is Raven. Yeah, she's a total love bug. Um, but, you know, she's not a human. Yeah, she can't provide you with the human touch that we're, like, all craving right now. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you then, can you tell me what the best part of social distancing is for you right now? Um, the best part of social distancing is that I don't have to make excuses for when I'm in a lot of pain. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, I feel like I'm always canceling plans because I'm just, I, especially when people like want to go, I mean, I, now that I, I moved to the city, it's a lot different than like from when I lived in New Jersey and people were like, oh, let's, let's take the train into New York and spend a day. And I'm like, oh my God, that means so much walking. And yeah. So I'm like, I have to think about that. But even still, I'm like, okay, that means we're going to, I have to think about, you know, all the, it's, I have to think about my fatigue on top of just like the plans for the day. I have to think about travel time. Yeah. And then like the, and then not only travel time and then like what you were saying with like the brain fog and then like the, any kind of pain, like the walking around, even like, I know how, how, how intense New York is. I was there last June for an award ceremony and it was, it's, I love it. I don't know if I could live there. Like it's intense. It's taxing. Yeah. Just to spend a day out. So like, I feel like I'm always canceling plans on people. Um, But with Zoom, I feel like it's so much easier and I, I feel like I'm not canceling as many as many things. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like with Zoom, we're able to connect a lot more. I do feel like Zoom fatigue is a real thing. And I feel, like, yes. I feel like one or two meetings a day is more than enough. Anything more than that is like, okay, do we have to do it over Zoom? How about you just call me instead? Like, yeah. People are saying on Zoom right now, like, you know, it's hard for a lot of us to do camera stuff because like we have to you know we still feel like we have to look our best and look professional and do all this stuff with our cans and stuff so I'm reading all these tweets about people saying yeah Zoom's great but it's still exhausting in a whole different way yeah that is true I mean all of my classes are online so I do try to make sure I look somewhat presentable but zoom also has just they have the you know smooth your appearance filter that's all you need oh yeah i forgot about that i do like that filter. i do enjoy that filter quite a lot yeah um that's all you need. true true uh and so what is the worst part of social distancing for you as a disabled person right now um i think the hmm, the worst thing um, I think the worst thing about social distancing is the people that aren't taking it seriously. Yep. Yep. I was walking home from the train station the other night because I went to go see my mom who lives in the country north of Toronto. And I went to go visit her and I was getting off the train and I'm walking home where I always go. And there's a club on my way home in between from my home to the train. There's a, there's a, a bar section, a strip. So I was walking there in my chair with my mask on going home and there was like 25 people 
standing to get in this club with no mask on, standing in like close proximity. And I was like, do you people not realize that you're the reason that we're going to be plunged into like years and years of this crap? Could you please? That's why we still have, you're, you're why we still have to be doing this. Yeah. Like, like I know we're tired. I know we all want to be done with it, but the only way we get done with it is if you stop doing what you're doing. And I just kind of learned the, 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 one of the, the bar owners of the, the club guys was outside letting people in. And I just kind of, I shot him a look like, what are, this should be closed down. What are you, why is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely understand the feeling of people not taking it seriously. And I wanted to kind of move into, to go on a little bit of what you emailed me about. You also emailed me about your family not taking it as seriously as you'd like to. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my family is not taking it as seriously as they should. Um, they were, you know, social distancing. Um, so we moved from our childhood home. They, we started this move right before, like a month, probably in like the beginning of February is when my parents put our house on the market. Okay. So like the timing was very unfortunate. And then, so in June was when um, our move actually happened. Um, and they kind of just weren't really, it's not that they weren't taking it seriously. Like they were taking things seriously and they were taking precautions and wearing masks in public and you know, keeping social distance in public. They were doing things in public that they were supposed to be doing, um, but they weren't really taking it seriously um, when it comes to my disability, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, and so like in what ways, like, so they were doing it publicly, they were wearing masks and doing everything you're supposed to do in public, mm-hmm. but like how are they not respecting your disability at home? Um, so with fibromyalgia, it doesn't, it's not an autoimmune disease. So I'm not, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not on any medication that makes me immunocompromised. So I'm not at a greater risk that way, but I, you know, my anxiety is higher because I know how my body reacts when I'm sick. And I know that, um, it takes my body longer to fight off illnesses. So I was also, and you know, with the myoclonic jerks that I had last summer that still also never fully went away, like they just kind of flare up when I'm in more pain. I worried about what my, you know, what would happen if I were to catch COVID and my so once we moved um my sister like went out the next day and went to a party and then came back and just did not feel the need to isolate herself 
Oh no. And, yeah. Um, and I really only found out where she went because it was on her Snapchat story. Oh no. And I looked at her Snapchat story. Um, and I like talked about it to my parents before she came home. And, you know, it seemed like they were just as upset with her behavior as I was, but then, you know, the next day she was helping them unpack, but they weren't, you know, washing anything that she was touching or disinfecting anything. They were just like putting it away as soon as she was touching it. So you just felt you, it almost feels like you felt betrayed. You were like, what? Like, exactly. Um, and that, and that's gotta be rough. Cause I can, I can, I totally agree with your side. But I can see, I don't agree with their set at all, but I understand if you think, oh, they'll be all right. If I just don't, if I just don't, if I just don't, if I am doing everything right outside, then whatever I do as a homework, I can understand the desire to not think you were harming somebody by doing a little thing and then like brushing it off. But from your side, you're like, well, if they do this, I'm going to die. Like, it's too scary. Right. It, it, you know, it's not that I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm going to die. It's just, you know, I'm, to me, I'm thinking, like, she's putting me at risk. She's not actually thinking about. Me. Right. She's not thinking about her actions. And so did, did you, did, so when she finally came home, did you, like, say to her, like, hey. Or did you have a chance to like sit down with her at some point and be like, hey? Yeah, I did. And basically she just said that she has a life. Oh no. She didn't say like, oh fuck, sorry, I'll like work on that. Yeah, no, I got no apology. Uh. <laughs> I she I I basically got she said that you know she hasn't seen her friends in months, like any of us. Well, neither of you. Yeah, neither yeah. of I. Yeah. I my friends either. You know, I've seen my friends on Zoom. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I, so I, I mean, kind of replied with like, "Well, what about my life?" Like that's your sis. Like that's it. like when my, when my family and I we get together more often now because my mom lives out in the country and it's a little bit safer and we don't I don't go much anywhere. Yeah. And neither neither do they. So sometimes we'll have more gatherings. But the minute we're outside, like, we put our masks on and we immediately start, like, you know, doing the social distancing and stuff. But if I was living at home and my disability put me at a higher risk than it already does, and I said to my mom, can you wear a mask? Like, or anybody in my family, can you wear a mask for me? They would. Like, without hesitation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I tend to raise my voice when I get upset. Um, really? You sound so exhausted. I think that's a very... Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to raise my voice when I'm upset. Um, instead, I, otherwise I cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so then... Because I... I, um, I and then so later on in the, in the day, my dad was like, you should apologize to your sister. No, 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 yeah. no, I, yeah, so I, 
I still have not apologized because I, you know, I, I, I don't think I should because I still think that, you know, she, her behavior is dangerous because she's still doing, uh, she, you know, she's still going out and doing that behavior and now she's on a college campus. Um, and then, you know, I just, I, I just don't agree with her behavior. No, and I think so now I, our relationship is, is now our relationship is weird. And so like your relationship is strange literally because you're like, I want to survive to be in your life. And she's like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, and how old, how old are you and your sister? I'm 24 and she's 21. Okay, so you're very close in age. Yeah, um, we're three years apart. But like, I I I'm upset for you that your family is so is so dead sent on you apologizing when they should be looking at the bigger picture, which is aside from any apology or whatever, you're trying to say right. I want to live, like I want to I want to be all right. Right. And like, have you have you explained this to your to your folks that like it's not. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to be bitchy about it. I just don't want to die. I don't want to get sick. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be stubborn about this. Like, they've always seen me as stubborn, like the stubborn sister growing up. Um, I, like, I'm not trying to be a stubborn person about this. I, 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 you know, I'm just trying not to make my condition worse. I mean, it's so simple. And I think it, I think what strikes me as so upsetting for you is that like you had to move out of your family home right to so you could yeah like i i literally felt unsafe in my house i felt so claustrophobic because i i was you know self-isolating i i was self-isolating even i feel like not that you know even more so, um, yeah. and then, uh, like, and just, every, she, no one was talking to me. So, as, like, on top of having to leave your, having to leave your, like, home, they won't talk to you. Yeah, I mean, like, my parents will still talk to me like it's my sister that is like she won't talk to me she was mad at me she like blocked me on all oh. social media it was wow yep she blocked me on instagram blocked me on snapchat it was ridiculous like that sounds like <sighs> forgive me for saying so but it sounds a little bit childish like it sounds like what are you doing like what's going on no, i agree with you i agree with you I like I like and I, you know over the last eight months of this pandemic there are things I've done where I've relaxed my rules when I probably shouldn't have I, I've done like I've done it but yeah you know you know as cases are spiking up again in Toronto and like they're starting to go more everywhere because fall is happening so everything is starting to ramp up again I'm starting to take it more seriously again be like okay well right. it's time to like focus on it because like the World Health Organization has told us that it isn't one or two waves. It's a big 
wave that's going to keep going until we figure it out. It's one giant wave, yeah. So, like, I can just imagine how frustrating it is to be going through this wave, to be already dealing with chronic illness and different, you know, different disabilities, and then to have, you know, where your sister, or are your sister and you in more like the before times were you close with each other yeah we were really close which i'm sure makes it even more distressing that this is happening yeah um yeah i mean now that we've both started classes um she's reached out to me a little bit more still with no apology um just kind of (laughs) chats here and there about classes uh, but it still feels very strained. Yeah, because it's, it's like, well, we can talk about classes, but like, can we also talk about how you have blatantly disregarded my health needs? Yeah. Like, uh, I can imagine that's frustrating. My, my brother is a musician, and he just posted a picture of himself on Instagram. He's a bassist for, he's like a bassist for a bunch of people, and he's a musician. And so he was at a show the other day wearing a mask, and he put that on Instagram today, and I was like, Good. See, good. Visibility. Yes, good. But like he, like I said, my family would, if I said to any of them, can you put a mask on for me right now? They'd all be like, oh, sure. No problem. Yeah. And when, when COVID was kind of in the beginning throws back when all the quarantine first, first started, like my mom said, if you don't feel safe to come to visit us, like don't come. It's okay. If you need to, to stay there and feel all right for a little bit, don't come. We'll figure it out. And so like, that's the kind of familial kind of ties that I have in terms of like my quarantine experience. They understood that if I didn't feel safe, I wasn't going anywhere, but I can't imagine having to move out of your home because your sister and you didn't take it seriously. And then your family didn't back you up. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely planning on moving out anyway, but it just kind of, had to happen sooner than it needed to yeah and it had to happen under like huge duress and huge like stress for you yeah yeah that that could have been easy and i'm sorry that your i'm sorry that your family particularly your sister hasn't yet seen the light and hasn't yet realized that like maybe you should think about your sister's needs for just a minute i know you're 21 and i remember being 21 and i remember how cool i wanted to be but like i also don't want any of my family to die right marissa's sister if you're listening to this by chance she loves you but she doesn't want to die and she wants to be in your life so (laughs) you should you should talk about it just a thought um um I want to ask you though, Marissa, what piece of advice would you give to other disabled people going through the pandemic right now? Um, oh. That's a good question. to talk about it with other people. Um, Find, if you don't have a community, find a community, make a community. Come on my show and I will give you community. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes. 
I agree with that. I think, um, I think you know, finding other disabled people to talk to about what we're scared about, and talk to about why it's the pandemic is hard, and talk about how disability interplays with all that is really important. Is there anything else you might say to them? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> On the flip side of that, what might you say to, well, this will be a good one for you, I think. What might you say to non-disabled people right now who are going through this for the first time and who, you know, people always call us experts in the field of like, disability because we know what our bodies want and all that stuff. So if you could take some wisdom from your experience as a person with the various disabilities you have, and you could turn that into something for a non-disabled person to like grasp onto as they're going through this for the first time, what would you say to them? Like for socialized, like for quarantine, like for... Yeah, quarantine, socialization, like what, to get through it, like we know how to do what disability wisdom would you share? New hobbies are fun. It's true, they are fun. Find so, a new hobby. What's your hobby? Aside um, from, well, aside I'm planning from, on making kombucha. I have a kombucha kit. Oh, it's tasty and weird, and I kind of like it. I'm into it, though. I love kombucha. I drink it all the time. It's very helpful for me. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna that's where I was gonna go. It does help your gastroparesis feel better. Yeah, it's really good for my nausea. I have a kit, but I just I was when I first moved to the city, it was a sublet. So I didn't want to make it then because I was gonna I didn't want to like disturb the SCOBY. But now that I'm we have a lease now, so I'm gonna make it soon and I just I was supposed to get trigger point injections, but they got the first round was good, but then it got the second round got denied. So I'm waiting. On, I'm waiting on that, and I'm gonna make this. Nice, do it. Yeah, do yeah. it. Because medical induced nausea is the worst. Yeah, it's not fun. Nope, it's literally the most unpleasant feeling you'll have in your whole life. Because yeah. um, you don't actually throw up you just feel like you're going to for the entire day yeah 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 it's yeah i've been there it's really gross yeah um my last question for you marissa on this quarantine show is um well we sort of already talked about this in the beginning but i'll ask it anyway how has the pandemic affected your relationship with work productivity and most importantly play as a disabled person um, I feel like it's definitely been really difficult to keep myself productive. Um, I feel like it's really easy to just, especially with my neck pain, I have to be laying down a lot of the time. Um, so it's super easy to just you know, turn around and just let, look at my phone um, or just fall asleep, take a nap. Um, I have to. 
I mean, naps are great. Yeah, but they're not productive. So I have to have stuff really mapped out of what I have to be doing, especially now that I've started grad school and I have a ton of readings. I have to really map out when I have to do what reading on what day when I have to finish it by. And I'm sure that like, I'm sure the brain fog makes that a real fun game for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what about play? Like, how has it affected your sense of like, I want to just do cool things and I want to make stuff or I want to like hang out or I want to just be goofy. Like, has it, has it, have, because I've talked to a lot of people on this part of the podcast who said like, I'm so fatigued. I don't want to, I don't want to play. I want to just sleep or I want to do this. Or like some people have said, oh yeah, I'm much more playful because I have all this time now. Like, how has it worked out for you? I feel like it's, I feel like it's a combination of both. Um, I feel like partly because of my neck pain. Um, that's also gotten worse because during quarantine, just because I haven't also had access to a lot of my regular doctors. But I've also had time to play The Sims. And I've just nice. I've been playing so much Sims. I've never understood the appeal of that game. I tried it a bunch of times. I was like, I don't get why this is a thing people like, but okay. I played it with my friend, and it should have been the first hint that I was a lesbian, and it wasn't. <laughs> but because I just tried to convince her to make all of the couples women, and she was like, why? No. Like, no, just make them both girls. No, just like the boat. Just, just do it. Just do it. I'm trying to tacitly tell you that I think I love the girls. I love. So that. yeah, I've just been playing a lot of Sims. I love how the Sims sort of made you come out. That's sort of amazing. I'm here for that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, this was a fun chat, and thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I had a good time. Was there anything else that you wanted to share that we didn't get a chance to talk over? Yeah, me too. Uh, one thing, one thing that, yeah, one thing that we kind of didn't talk about, but kind of mentioned that I mentioned, like with making your own community, but with starting grad school, um, there's no, I, going to the new school and there's no um, club or student union for students with disabilities. So, really? Yeah. And there's a good amount of students uh, with disabilities at the new school. So I'm actually in the process of starting um, a coalition. We're, we're naming it the uh, Diverse Abilities Coalition at the new school. Um, and so I'm super excited. We're in, still in like the super early stages of that, but so I'm really excited about that. So for the fall, it's all virtual. That's amazing. And that's, if you need any letters of like, here's why you should do this. I had, I had a disability coalition in my school and they were that's pretty awesome. good. So if I can help in any way, let me know. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm I, really excited that we're starting that. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting it off the ground. I'm surprised that. Yeah, that make your own community. 
Yeah, literally. I mean, you're literally doing that, which I think is so cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. Uh, Marissa, this was so fun. Thanks for... Yes, I'm so, ex- I'm so happy that I could be a part of this. I am so excited that you were a part of this, and I would love to have you back on for another type of show sometime, for sure, because... Yeah, that would be amazing. It was good times. But how do people... How can they get a hold of you? How can they follow you? How can they talk to you about their quarantine adventures? How do they do that? Yeah, so my, my Instagram is Marissa Giblin, or my... Um, I have a private Instagram that's chronically falling apart, uh, where I just... That's like a chronically ill one. Amazing. Uh, yeah, my Twitter is Giblin Marissa. And uh, my website is marissagiblin.com. And that also has my contact information. Cool. I will make sure all that stuff's on the on the show notes for this episode. Uh, Marissa Giblin, this was thank you for sitting down with me today and being so candid about the experience of COVID and quarantine with your family that isn't taking it as seriously as you are. So <laughs> Thanks for telling me all about that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, you and I will talk in a minute when I hit off, but thanks for being here today. Bye. Bye. Okay, so there you have it. That was episode 24 of Quarantine and Chill. Uh, Looks like I want to do a bunch more of these, and I'd love to have you tell me about your pandemic experience as somebody with a disability. How has it been for you? What have you been doing to keep yourself occupied? What story do you want to tell as somebody with a disability living through this pandemic? If you want to be a part of a quarantine and chill with me on Disability After Dark, you can email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and tell me a little bit about your story and we'll book you in for a show. Also, also, just generally, if you reach out to me about being on the podcast forever ago, and I didn't respond to you. I'm a douchebag and I'm sorry that I forgot. I'd love to have you on the show as a guest, whether it be for a regular episode or for a quarantine and chill. Please reach out to me again. Give me a nudge and just let me know you want to be a part of it. I have not forgotten about you. And if I did, I, I totally apologize. And I will make it right and have you on the show. So please reach out. I'm always looking for more guests and more stories. Let's shine a bright light on disability stories together. Please be in touch. Thanks, friends. Bye. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Notice 2020